can't believe that you haven't seen it Love it so much you really gotta stream it Let me tell you every line right now I can quote the whole thing since I was 12 Maybe your mom told you no She said she wouldn't give you any money to go And that's why Movies we missed Hey, 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 hey! Welcome to another episode of Movies We Missed. I am your host, Brandon Greenhouse, and this is my lovely co-host, Jane Rachel Hammer, joining us today. Ooh. Hey, how are you doing, Jane? Hi, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, you know, hanging in there. Yeah, do you want to tell people where they can find us on social media? Yeah, absolutely, always. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. No, you, yes, on Instagram and Facebook at <laughs> Movies We Missed. And you can find us over on Twitter, Twitter, Twitter at MWM Chat. That's Jane's sort of brainchild. Um, mm-hmm. She's been mm-hmm. working on it tirelessly mm-hmm. um, at the expense of her marriage and other relationships, I know. Um, <laughs> every time I try and make contact with her, she's like, I'm, I'm, on, the, I'm on the Twitter. I, I can't talk now. I'm engaging with fans. I've got some conspiracy mm-hmm. theories that I'm putting out there and just seeing if I can mm-hmm. get some feelers on. Um, um, Jane, you gave me um, mm. the 2004 romantic uh, drama with some comedic moments um, of The Notebook. Um, I did. Um, you know, it's this romantic um, feast called yeah. The Notebook. And, um, <clears throat> you know... I would love, if I could, just to get it out of the way, read a little synopsis I wrote about this movie. Synopsis? I'd love to hear it, Yeah. Okay. When does a love story go from ordinary to extraordinary? Is it the elements of the story that make it unique and exciting? Or is it that falling in love itself is always extraordinary to those who experience it? We start with an elderly couple reading a story together. An old man named Duke tells the woman a story about Allie Hamilton and Noah Calhoun, two attractive white people experiencing love against the gorgeous backdrop of Seabrook Island, South Carolina in 1940. The pair don't express much concern about that pesky political drama happening overseas in the concentration camps or the clear financial and racial inequities of the 1940s South. With the wool pulled firmly over their eyes, Allie and Noah are able to meet, flirt, and fall hard for each other during the most electrifying summer of their lives. They laugh, they fight, and they almost fuck before being pulled away from each other by Allie's wealthy parents. Allie is rich and Noah is poor, and so the age-old issue of class and security rears its ugly head. Allie is shipped off to Sarah Lawrence College in New York, and Noah is shipped off to war, where we briefly and unceremoniously touch on one of the most influential events in world history. Seven years pass, and Allie and Noah don't see or hear from each other. When Allie is volunteering as a nurse's aide, she meets Lon Hammond, a soldier who's a bit older, very handsome and charming, and not to mention the heir of the Hammond Cotton Fortune. I wonder how Lon's family did so well in the cotton business in the American South. It's never touched on, so we'll never know. She's thrilled, her parents are thrilled, and Lon is thrilled. He proposes in no time, but as soon as he does, Allie's mind drifts to Noah, the one who got away. 
Allie tells Lon she needs to take a trip to clear her head, but we know what that saucy minx is up to. She can't possibly marry Lon without ever having gone to Pound Town with Noah. She shows up at Noah's door, which just happens to be the old mansion he spent years restoring, the one she almost lost her V-card in. They spend time reconnecting, and once it's revealed that Noah wrote Allie every single day for a year, but her mother hid the letters from her, there's nothing left to do but have sex in the rain. Lon and Allie's mother have found out where she is and what she's doing, and now she has a very tough decision to make. Does she want security or does she want true love? Obviously, she chooses Noah because any fool knows that love trumps money. It is then revealed that the older couple from the beginning are Allie and Noah, and they have lived a wonderful, happy life together, but now Allie is suffering from senile dementia. Is that really what it's called? It sounds very rude. Every day, Noah reads her the story of their love, hoping to get her to remember. They remain together until the very end, when they both die side by side, holding hands quietly in their sleep. Or do they take some sort of pill to move the situation along and time things out properly? There are many unanswered questions, which we will tackle in The Notebook. Did you think that they were dead at the end of the movie? Okay, so actually this is (laughs) a conversation that Tara and I had, because... I've seen this movie, by the way, a hundred times. I love this movie. I loved it when it came out, and I've watched it a million times since. I always thought them in that hospital bed meant that they were dying. No. And Tara was like, no, they just talked about wanting to die together. But I yeah. really thought, and maybe there's... First of all, that's ex- not how death works, okay? I know. But what I'm saying, you know how they have that conversation where it's like, do you think, what is? what does she say? Oh, yeah, no, like, they, no, they have a conversation and they talk about it, but like, I didn't take, I thought they were just going to sleep. He I feel gonna, like yeah. I remember, and maybe this is an extended, like, director's cut, I feel like I remember there being... A a scene at the end where they discover both of them dead in the hospital or in the nursing home. Oh, but wow. I'm not sure. And I did. I would have looked it up, but literally, I was having this conversation five minutes before we started recording, so I don't know. But I, that is why I wrote it that way. And I was reading it to Tara before we started recording, and she was like, "They don't die, though." <laughs> but I was like, "I think yeah. they do." I thought they were just resting. I thought they were just heading off to slumber for the night. Um, I didn't wasn't ready to write the epitaph just yet. Um, but um, I see that I you were uh, ready to read last rites at the end of the movie. Um, interesting. Well, I mean, the quality surprising. of life wasn't much to write home about, if you ask me. Anyways, how did you feel after finally seeing this movie? You know, seventeen years later or whatever it is. It was an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. Um, it was a lot. Um, it was. I enjoyed it. I, why are you yeah. laughing? Are you because laughing? it's it's just funny. Because like, I love this movie so much. But this is the thing about this podcast is like, you go back and you look at a movie that you love that you give to the other person, and you're like, there are so many embarrassing things about this movie. Well, one thing that I think is really <laughs> funny about this movie is that they give so little time to anybody other than Ali and Noah. Like, they don't fully form any supporting character. Everybody is just like, which I guess if he's reading these from the notebook, I guess he's reading. I don't know how he's I don't understand that. I don't understand that premise of like, 
I, I get the premise of like, here, these are all the letters you wrote to me. Like, I'll always remember. Just tell me the story of our love. And that'll, you know, I get that. But I don't get how these letters constructed together make the tapestry that is like their life. You know what I mean? Because I well, felt like she, at the end they made it seem like... It's not their life. It's the story of how they felt. Oh, I know that. But I mean, like, I just don't get, like, how, like what was in those letters. Like, was there a letter where she was like, yeah, and then I was on the Ferris wheel, and then he climbed up. No, you know what she, I mean? wrote, she wrote the notebook. Allie wrote the notebook before she lost her memory. I thought that the notebook was literally just bound letters, just the bound letters, the 300 and something letters that like her mother had hidden from her. That's what I thought the notebook was. Why did you think that's what it was? Why wouldn't I think that? I never saw Allie at a typewriter. (laughs) She has, well, one of the last like shots of the movie is like the dedication page of the notebook and he's like looking at it and the camera goes to it and says like, I can't remember exactly what it says, but it's like to Noah, like please read this to me, like Love Alley or something. I'm sure. And I did see that, but I don't think that I necessarily thought, oh, like this is their love story. Hmm. That's interesting. I always thought that she was. I thought it was their love story. I don't know that I thought that it was literally their love story, I guess is what Mm. I'm getting at. But I get what you're saying now. And. Yeah, it was really sweet. I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny that certain characters were just like gone all of a sudden. Uh, I they love killed so several Finn. characters off so fast. Finn dies so swiftly, and I was just so like, oh, unceremoniously and, too. And he's not mourned. No, they move on real quick. And Allie, Allie comes around, and you never see her being like when she like reconnects with Noah. You never be like, never see her be like, so how's Finn? What's going on with him? You know, it's like she no. didn't care. <laughs> and then also there were a lot of like um what's the word red herrings or things that I thought were going to lead to things that didn't lead to anything like Ooh. there was like the moment when he first meets her and she's on the first wheel with that guy who turns out to be nobody yep. but I was like oh this is going to be her boyfriend and Noah's going to get into a fight with him later for Allie's mm. affections no that didn't there's also the friend of hers who was dating Finn that I thought that was going to turn into something but it like I don't know what I thought I thought there was going to be something there but it never was there's just a lot of that a lot of like almost things or almost characters I thought were going to be important that weren't and that's just something that was sort of interesting to me like everybody got about two scenes for the most part and then they yeah. were just like gone somebody else else died really unceremoniously oh noah's dad it was just like mentioned flippantly um in passing that sam Shepard, who played noah's father like died and i was like oh no okay yeah it was so quick and the the way viral and alive the last scene we saw him in right and like the very next like the the very like the introduction of sam Shepard as noah's father is like this very warm kind loving presence in noah's life so you think that like he would be featured a little bit more because he gives Noah like the money to buy the the house to like restore for Allie and like I don't know you just like expect like him to be like a larger part of it. Yeah, he also yeah, and also it's funny also to me because Sam like, fucking Shepard you expect him to be oh a yeah part huge of like if I remember correctly Academy Award nominated actor. Um, but like you expect like a moment and then like it's also like Sam Shepard like gives Noah the mo- it's also funny that he doesn't just give him the house that he gives him the money to buy the other house which I thought was kind of interesting <laughs> he's like I sold this house 
because I know also, you want the beat up one of the one. things that he says when he's giving him the money in the house, he's like, I talked to the bank, they'll, they'll already give you the loan. And I was like, I love how things are done in like 1941. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, I just had a little chit chat over some beers with the bank manager. And he said, you're good for the cash. Like, <laughs> But also, like, after his family has gone out of the way to like repeatedly mention the fact that Noah is quote unquote trash. <laughs> it's like they don't you, seem like I mean I guess that's the perspective of like these very wealthy people because it's like he doesn't seem like he comes from like I don't know I, I mean not that there's a specific definition for using those kind of classist words but I'm just saying like no it seems like he comes from like a middle class family and it's like he's, yeah. he's from the gutter <laughs> like he's not like you know slicing like a peanut for dinner you know what I mean like he's eating, yeah he's, he has, I mean they're not like keeping up with the Joneses but they're not like destitute with the Joan Allenses <laughs> apparently boom because everybody knows America's Elizabeth Proctor was not here for it <laughs> oh um, my god I forgot she is Goody Proctor isn't she she's, she's so the one good. she's the one committed to film she sure is she is. She's so good. I, she's good in this role too. There was like a yeah. moment where um, Noah came to like a dinner or like a outside luncheon with like her rich friends or whatever, and um, there was just this really great line delivery when she like she says like, "Oh, Allie's going to be going to Sarah Lawrence," mm-hmm. and spills the beans because Allie had not told Noah that yet and then just this like quick afterthought of like while looking at Noah she's like Sarah Lawrence is in New York and it was just like so, it like oh it I wrote it down I wrote did it down. you? Yeah. okay that was such no, a it was good like, line just so she, yeah it's like hey trash I know you don't know where the school is because you're dumb and you've never left this town it's in New York the Big Apple <laughs> also that guy at that luncheon who asked mm. him how much money he makes Oh, it's so inappropriate. So rude. That's never been okay at any point. Well, I also in kind history, of feel right? like you, but it's also one of those things that's like you'd never ask an app person with actual money that. You know what I mean? Exactly. And they never, never answer. Anybody. No. That. Like, it's so rude, especially in a table full Especially of, like, in the 1940s at a table like that. Like, somebody, you would imagine somebody just step in and be like, you know. Roy, That's you've had not too many. an appropriate question, you know. Yeah, so much check. This was last time I checked. This was a job and social event, not an inquisition. He's a guest <laughs> in our home, just as you are, Rutherford. Like <laughs> Rutherford. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it was too much. Um, but it also, you know, they wanted to bring home the fact that he is unlike everybody else here. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the real takeaway from that dinner, I think, was um, Ali's father's handlebar mustache. Um, <laughs> that I think had a got a credit. I think it was nominated for a Cable Ace Award. Um, <laughs> on its own. He looks like a cartoon villain with that mustache. It's too much. He has literally, it's he lacks all of that character, that person, that actor, he lacks all authority. <laughs> and it's like, for the love of God, like, I mean, if we're gonna, you know, do this, then, you know, let's do this. But it's like, you cast, like, Sam Shepard as Noah's father. And then it's... you cast this guy, um, <laughs> Who, like, has no authority. Who's zero authority. All he has is that mustache. Um, Absolutely. Well, it's all... Yeah, exactly. It's like, just cash Tom Skerritt or call it a day. I know. I mean, I think the thing that really, like, like, catapults this movie and makes it such a classic is obviously 
two great actors, you know, Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams in the lead roles, they definitely elevate the material, which is often the case. I mean, you know, two good actors turning an okay script into like a really like wonderful story. And And they have such good chemistry, too. Well, apparently they didn't get along initially. Yeah, they didn't start dating until after production, I guess. I didn't even remember that they dated until I saw it. I was like, oh, that's right. I briefly remember that being a thing where they were like a couple for a moment. Mm-hmm. But um, maybe that brought something to like the fiery tension between mm-hmm. our two um, our two oh, leads nice. here. But yeah, they have really great chemistry. I mean, even though it's almost threatened by old James Marsden, but um, <laughs> who I love so much too, by the way. Oh, James I, Marsden's like, great. He like pops up in everything, and he's so good. And I feel like he play he plays this character Lon, who is like suspiciously likable. Like, suspiciously likable. Like, I feel like he's, that character is not a full character, but anybody who, you know, but it's James Marsden, so, like, you're just gonna like him. But, like, after she, like, comes back and, like, finds James Marsden in her hotel room after she spent, like, the last couple of days, like, writhing around on top of Ryan Gosling, and she's like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. And he's like, "I, girl, like, you did what you had to do. I want you back. And it's like, I feel like... I mean, given the time period and, like, the South is, like, more conservative, like, I just feel like he, like, a person in that position, like, wouldn't be that cool about it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. No, I agree with you. I mean, it's, like, the 1940s, and it's, like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, the fact that he's just sort of, like, do you. You got yours. It's time to go back now. And it's, like, you're just fine with this? Yeah. Like... you're fine with me getting it out of my system? Okay. And even and even after that, he's basically, he's like, I want to leave with you, but if you want to stay, that's cool, too. It's <laughs> like he gets, he completely absolves her of, like, any sort of, like, responsibility. But that's kind of what I mean when I say, like, characters are sort of tidily, like, dealt with in yeah. the film. Like, characters aren't really pushing back a lot, especially the supporting cast. Like, they just come in, they do their part. There's not a lot of... I actually expected her mother to be, like, much more, like, vicious than she was mm-hmm. as far as, like, making what she wants to happen happen. And she actually isn't. And her dad is, like, completely ineffective. And it's like, he doesn't yeah. he doesn't radiate authority. And it's just like, that's why I said Tom Skerritt, because it's like, that's a person who, you know, he's running the show. Absolutely. He's on the roost. I would fear Tom Tom Skerritt, not this guy with like this like cartoon mustache. He also just, her dad also just looked really young. Yeah. Like he looked like a young man pretending to be older than he was. He looked like he was (laughs) actually like Rachel McAdams contemporary. So it was like, (laughs) how'd you get the, how'd you get the car? I'm right. Um, and they like didn't even like gray up the hair or anything. They like, like they made no attempt to make him look older. So it's just like him, and it's also like your wife is freaking Joan Allen. Yeah, and so it's like, like bring okay. the weight because she's going to bring it. And yeah, I mean, where's Craig T. Nelson way. when you need him? You know what I mean? Uh, like, where's Coach? <laughs> you hop in, Coach. Right. Yeah. If that would have been good casting. I would have loved to see Coach. There's that moment with her dad where, or her dad, where she's like upset with her mother, and her dad says, God, what are you saying? He's like, he's not suitable, darling. That's like all he says. <laughs> 
And then Joan Allen says her iconic line, which is a line that I repeat quite a bit. And she goes, he's trash, trash, trash. Not for you. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, but also her family, it's so funny in the beginning of the movie because it's like she's blatantly in a relationship with him. And like, they're like flaunting it all over town. And it's like in this small town, you think that her parents would have like put the kibosh on this a long time ago. But it's Mm -hmm. interesting that they let it go on for almost pretty much the entire summer. And then finally, they're like that's enough and it's just like it feels like some of people that at the beginning of this would have been like this isn't happening but instead they like let her be in this relationship for like three months and then they're like no girl this is getting too serious and it's like (laughs) why didn't you stop this months ago also you shouldn't be stopping a relationship because like honestly you just make it like I I mean obviously parents shouldn't be like meddling with their children's relationship anyways but like if you don't want your child to date someone just let them figure it out because like there's nothing more like enticing to a teenager because she's 17 when it's happening than your parents being like you can't date that man he's no good for you and it's like okay you just made this a Romeo and Juliet situation and now I have to have him I mean that's true but it's also like the 1940s Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you're not doing anything. Your parents, you're 1940s and they're wealthy. So it's like, they have ways. It's like, either we either we'll make this end or we'll make him end. Like, <laughs> so I'm sure you it's think like. People in 1940 were just going around, often people they didn't want I think that to. her dad probably could have arranged for like a threat to be delivered to <laughs> the residents of like him and his pop and just been like, you know, hey, no. You know that one. You know what happened to you in the. You know what happened to your namesake in the Bible, <laughs> swallowed by a whale. Hate to see you end up in that water too, boy. Like no something one gets like that. Swallowed by a whale. I think I'm incorrect. It, but I think isn't that Moby Dick or something? Oh my god! I mean, god, yeah, that happened, but there's a but. What? You know. Noah has the ark, right? Oh, you're right. So who gets? But no, 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 no. No, but there's a thing. But there's something with Noah and a whale, though, isn't there? I don't know. I thought it was Moby Dick because I've never read that book, so I don't. I have no idea. Nobody gets swallowed by a whale in in Moby Dick, but I I know it starts with "Call Me Ishmael." That's about as much as I know about Moby Dick. I'm sorry you don't know. I never read it. I'm just, I'm talking to her. I'm, I'm not talking to you, Brandon. I'm talking to our audience because they're probably like, "This idiot has a podcast." Oh, Jonah, (laughs) Jonah. Jonah, Jonah and the whale. the whale. It was Jonah and the whale. That sorry. sounds like Noah. I get that. <clears throat> but um, Noah has the ark where yes, he brings two of everybody yeah. and then somehow saves animals. Yeah, <laughs> something um, from a flood. God grew up in the church. Grew up in the church. <laughs> At least I have the excuse of not having grown up. The church. No, no, you but, have every excuse. Yeah. But honestly, these things are actually like these are like cultural stories that like I should know and like have heard, but like have not. I mean, they exist outside of yeah. The, the Bible yeah. where they're found. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so and Dave's going to cut all this anyway. But <laughs> yeah, because um, we because if there's anything we make sure we do on this podcast is we preserve our intelligence. We don't <laughs> expose how fucking dumb we are to our viewers, our listeners. Cut it. I just mean like people like during that time period, you know, wealthy people probably made all sorts of things happen. Your daughter ends up with some near sure. duel from the neighborhood and you're like, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. And actually speaking of like that scene when like she's like maybe gonna lose her virginity and like it's too much. <laughs> she's she's a be quiet. <laughs> she 
literally, Tara and I were watching, and Tara was like, why is she talking so much? Just do it. Like, it was so annoying. <laughs> I just think like she was nervous, but it's like, you're here, sweetie. And, like, what? also what they do before they lay down to have sex, they stand, I don't know, six feet apart, like they're social distancing from each other, and each remove one article of clothing at a time, yeah. which is the most embarrassing way to undress in front of a person you've never undressed before. So, like, I don't understand why that didn't throw her into a tizzy more so than, like, lying down naked with that person in the dark, which is absolutely way more comfortable than staring at, than having someone stare at you than undressing. Also, though, if they had had sex, then literally Finn would have walked in mid-coitus. <laughs> like, and that would have been her first time. So I, mean, I could not believe how, like, how uh, confidently he walked into that house. There was no peeking. No, he burst in. He burst in. <laughs> and I guess, thank goodness he did, because the cops were on the trail. Yeah. But it's also like, don't call the cops. Like, why are you calling the cops? Because That's too much. Because white people since the beginning of time mm-hmm. love to wield the cops as their own private and Do you think that they call the cops and they were like, our daughter's out with somebody and the cops were like, well, he'll probably bring her, you know, he'll probably bring her home. And then they're like, wait, he's black. And then the cops are like, we're on it. <laughs> we're on it. I, what I, I don't think they... I don't think they called the cops and said our daughter is out with somebody. I'm sure they called the cops and are like, our daughter is missing. Yeah. It's just like enough of that. And it's and like also- oh, a wealthy white woman missing in the South. That's enough to get the police going. I'm sure. Also, I just think that the scene when they meet is really funny because it's like, <gasps> it's so oh chaotic. God. Like, it's so dangerous and it's so reckless. And of course she wouldn't want to be with you because it's also like, I guess this is like... Boys, I don't know. This is falls. This falls into boys will be boils, but it's really just chaotic and like. Oh my god! It's so it's messy. Manipulative. Oh, like, it's extremely manipulative, and then expecting her to like honor like that, like the duress that was, you know, like like you sort of hanging off of a Ferris wheel and being like. Basically, I'll die if you don't go out with me. Um, yeah, so for those of you who haven't seen it, she's on a Ferris wheel in a seat with another guy she's on a date with or at least hanging out with. And Noah jumps into their seat and tries to ask Allie out. And she's like, no, I don't know who you are. And then the Ferris wheel operator is like, you can't have more than two people on the seat. So he jumps out. He hangs on to like a bar in the Ferris wheel. And then he's like say you'll go out with me and she's like no and then he lets one hand go and he's like basically like say you'll go out with me before I drop to my certain death and so it's not what I would call enthusiastic consent um she just says that to keep him from harming himself um but it's okay because they're both good looking and it ends up like a cute love story but if this was how it was to start with me i would probably be like that person is actually like kind of fucked up and like plays with my emotions yeah it's definitely a warning sign but i'm sure back then he was just you know a firecracker yeah um yeah they also there's a moment when they're sort of the beginning of their courtship where they um they go to a movie together which she's also tricked into um (laughs) and then there's a moment where they're like laying in the street and they're like just laying around and Dave is like that's disgusting I would never do that and I wondered <laughs> did you think it was disgusting Jane or did you think it was just really romantic the laying in the street side by side um 
I actually, at the time in 2004 when this movie came out, I'm sure I thought it was super romantic. Now, um, you know, being a gal with a few more um, years on my um, abacus, <laughs> uh, that didn't make sense. <laughs> I did start to think that's really filthy. And I also didn't like the way he was talking to her during this walk that they were having. I felt like he was being really condescending. He doesn't know her. And he said, I wrote down the things that he said to her, which I thought were like condescending and like weirdly like gaslighty. He goes, goes I always figured you were kind of free which is like how do you think she's not free you don't know anything about her other than her schedule that she told you that she studies a lot and spends time with her parents and then he says later that's your problem you know you don't do what you want um Noah is saying this to her when he's trying to get her to lie down in the street. And it's like, Noah, I think you mean that she doesn't do what you want her to do, but you're manipulating her and saying these things to her to make her like guilt trip her into doing that because you're making her feel like she's not fun or free enough. And so, and then he said, you need to learn how to trust. And it's like, why are you giving her these life lessons? You don't know a single Thing about her so I was like the seeing that conversation in my mid to late 30s I had a very very different um relationship to that than I did when I was 20 when this movie came out did you see it in your mid 30s too <laughs> I watched it a lot in my early 20s I don't think I've seen this movie in maybe 10 years Okay, you said mid to late thirties. That was why I was inquiring if you meant like you'd seen it in your mid thirties and now in your late thirties you were seeing it again, or if you were. No, I was just trying to give an in. age range for myself so that I sounded younger. Okay, so um, <laughs> I think that a lot of, there's a lot of public displays of affection that are too much um, for like the public, not like them alone. But there's like all these well, moments. Right. That I think in like the 1940s, like. Right. You're like the cream of the crop in this community and everybody's got eyes on everybody. And it's like the two of them just slobbing each other down <laughs> all over town. And like, and her parents all of a sudden, like towards the end of the court, you're like, hmm, I think something's going on. It's like, yeah. do you? This might be a little too much for our polite society. Exactly. <laughs> it's like you're yeah. literally sucking face like on like the main street like yeah there's no hiding going on which is probably a part of why she seems so perplexed when her parents like you can't be with him because (laughs) up to that point it seems like maybe they don't love it but it also doesn't seem like they like they detest it and so all of a sudden it's like you can't be with him and it's like wait what and I I guess I kind of get it because it's like you guys let him come here you let him come to like a a dinner I don't know if the goal was for us for you I don't know if you thought like oh like they're going to see um, like once he's here he'll realize he doesn't belong you know and he'll be like you know, compelled to sort of like, like, or what they, they, they kept thinking or, I mean, but it's just like the way that they have sort of like nursed this relationship, even in, even unintentionally, it's sort of like, how are you this shocked by like her now being like, I'm in love with him. Right. Like it will. And I think, I, I think they invited him over to that dinner or that luncheon or whatever it was in order to like, see like humiliate him a little bit. I think they I don't know, but I think they were trying to give Allie like, see this is what it would be like for you if you were to bring him into your world. You know? 
Imagine a life of this kind of unremarkable... (laughs) Unremarkable what? I was going to say unremarkability, but I was like, that's (laughs) not a thing. (laughs) So... So, yeah, no, I think you're right. I also noted that Noah's dad did my favorite thing in the movie. He made breakfast for dinner, which is one of my all-time oh, yeah. favorite that's meals. A, I love it meal. so much. And mm-hmm. uh, instantly I was like, he's a good he's a good egg. He's, um, you, he's really likable, and he's played very well by Sam Shepard. And, the, uh, the like, one of the most pretentious things they do is, like, sit around and read poetry. And, like... Again, without, like, the comfortability of, like, Sam Shepard just being, like, in this character, it could come off as so obnoxious and pretentious, but it was actually a very cute moment where he was like, well, I was trying to rid him of his stammering or stuttering and, you know, got him to read some poetry. There's also something, like, romantic, not in, like, a sexual way, but just, like, Mm -hmm. about, like, people sitting around reading poetry to each other. It's, like, that's not a thing that you really, like, experience now. And if you were to see somebody doing it, you would roll your eyes so hard that your eyes would get stuck (laughs) in the back of your head, Jane. Absolutely. If I were to see anyone I personally knew reading poetry to their partner, I would walk up to them and I'd be like, oh, my fucking God, you guys. What? Yeah, also, these two just, like, their fights are wild. And, like, I get how, like, a little bit of, like, spirited, like, debate is great. But some of their fights, it's just, like, I don't know. I hate that as, like, a, we fight a lot. And then it's, yeah. like, these, like, chaotic scenes. And, like, also, <laughs> like, like... So your life is generally uncomfortable? Also, like, Thanks. Allie is, like, really aggressive. And I, I don't know. She abuses him! <laughs> she's, like... She's just, like, <laughs> slapping him across the face and... I don't know. Couldn't be me. That's but, not right to me. That's um, not right to me. But it's like, oh, she's she's a firecracker. She's <laughs> it's a, like she's got the red hair to prove it. And it's like, no, I actually think that that is spousal abuse, mm-hmm. even though it's done <laughs> to a man by a woman. I know a lot of people have trouble recognizing that. And again, we're dealing in the 1940s, different standards. Yeah. But that time, oh, like, yeah, several face slaps were... Yeah, it was, yeah, that was, yeah, that was it, yeah, there was, yeah, it's a, you know, it's a part of the relationship, but I mean, clearly, like, there's a lot of passion there, and, like, these two are, are really just, you know. I do think you can have a lot of passion without fighting all the time. Like, the thing that he says in the end, where he's, like, when he's, like, trying to tell Allie, like, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? And he's, like, you're going to, we've, you're a pain in the ass 99% of the time. We're going to fight every day. And that's what it's going to be. And I was, like, to me, as a 37-year-old woman, you are not selling this. What you're selling to me is, like, a pretty, like, chaotic chaotic and volatile life. And that is not something I look for. Yeah, he's like, like we're going to fight every day. You're going to pour bleach all over my clothes. You're probably going to end up stabbing me once or twice. <laughs> but it's going to be a hell of a ride, girl. But it's us. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah, we're going to double up on the on the uh, first aid kits and, you know, we'll patch it back together as you sew up my wounds. It's like, ugh, yikes. Uh, for life. Um, like maybe get some counseling because it sounds yeah. like you guys want to be together, but this doesn't have to be like this. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, also, I like when her mother, I love in like old timey movies, is where it's like the where they describe like a young, it's always a woman. They also have a young woman as two spirited. I just think it's really like funny. <laughs> well, She's what too, it is, is 
sexist. Yeah. She's a little too alive for my liking. <laughs> when she's been talking and sharing ideas in public, me, not like it. Um, I have a question for you. Absolutely. Bob when Allie... When Allie and Noah finally <laughs> break the seal, as they say, Ugh, um, I hated I it too. No, you said it. <laughs> <laughs> it was Ugh, so I awful. Hate that. Break the seal. <laughs> but you knew exactly what I meant. Um, I mean, so when they finally have sex after the rainstorm or whatever, mm-hmm. do you think, and I don't know about this, like historically, but do you think that they used a condom? Like, no. were condoms like popular in 1947 or whatever? Well, it depends on what popular means, but and I don't know, but I don't think they used one. <laughs> because, like, honestly, if you're gonna cheat on Lon, and like she didn't know what her decision um, was, no, they were no, they didn't know. They probably didn't know about venereal diseases back then. He probably did. Of course, they the did. VT syphilis. That was all. A I thing. mean, she probably didn't know about that stuff. They weren't, I mean, like, maybe in college they taught about it, but, like, like, her mom wasn't sitting her down explaining, like, STIs to her. Yeah, but she could have learned from her friends or her doctor. Well, they famously used to say, you know, they used to call them, like, it's awful, but they used to say, like, the sailor's diseases and stuff because Mm -hmm. these men would go out for these long journeys and then they would, you know, catch whatever and they'd come home and that's, like, how they referred to them. And they also, like, treated them at, like, clinics and hospitals and things like that. But... I don't know. I don't think that like I don't know. Maybe I she had. I just wonder how she have had, like, people were about that because like everyone, people are having as many affairs back then as they do today, and it's like whatever you're getting from Noah, he's getting from Martha. That yeah. side piece he's got, bringing it home to Lon. You don't even know what you're gonna do. I mean, Lon's gonna figure it out. When she was he a snow. She was a on his dick. Well, I mean, God. Oh my God. Uh, saloon talk. Um, I feel like also she Allie's smart enough. Allie would have if she decided to stay with Lon, she would have given it up to him as soon as she got home and doing playing that numbers game. Um, you know who's gonna who's gonna check her? Who's gonna who's gonna say anything? You're gonna deal with it. It's gonna be a white. It's gonna be a little white child. Everything's gonna add up. Um, but. You know, Allie's a smart. I was she's a smart more disease wise. I'm sure. Oh, I thought you were talking pregnancy. Well, I'm sure Noah pulled out. Don't you think? <laughs> no, no, I don't. Also, they had so much sex. You mean every time? Yeah. No, no. I mean, it's. Let me. I, I just to like clarify. I don't think that's an effective form of birth control. Form of birth control, but you know, I you think know people. <laughs> but people use it, and. <laughs> I think they have for centuries. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. Oh, no, no. I think you're right. I just, but you asked me in the telling of this story, this epic romance between Noah and Allie. You think it's possible that he pulled out every time just to be safe? No. There's something so, like, no. There's something so unromantic about imagining, like, like, Noah clumsily pulling out (laughs) every single time. He's having sex with her. Come on. No. What? It was only over Their a souls were coming days. together. It All may have been right. only a couple of days, but they, he said basically, like, we've had so much sex. He was like, I'm dehydrated. Like, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, no, they were getting it in. I guess, I don't know. I thought maybe, like. Oh, Dr. Hammer over here. Three to four times at most. I don't know. I don't know. No, they had sex more there. than three or four times, I bet. 
How many days was it? Was it two full days? It was like three days. days. I think the third day was when her mom showed up. (laughs) I love how this movie about like an epic romance, we're trying to figure out how many times they fucked. Don't say we're. (laughs) You are. You're the one who's. Uh, You know, Brandon, you know how important logistics are to me. I know. And I agree with you about logistics, logistics, but I don't think these two. When people don't take care of logistics in the movie, I focus on them. But what what, like, what do you mean? Did you want to see him like bull load on her back? (laughs) Would that have taken care of the logistics for you? My goodness. Or her be like, good thing you pulled out. Or, I can't believe every time we have the most amazing sex. If only I didn't have to pull out every time so you didn't get pregnant or catch a disease. I'm not. Maybe those scenes ended up on the cutting room floor, Jane. I'm not saying exactly that. But, you know, maybe a scene where it's like, Ali. If we weren't together, Alec, if it wasn't for the pesky world and dangers of my semen, I wouldn't have had to pull out so much. But you know, it's for the best. Or her being like, oh, Noah, you're such a scary cat. You're always pulling out. (laughs) It's just like, ugh. Take us out of it. All right. Well, I guess not everyone is thinking the same things as me, but you know. When I hear, when I hear like pull out, I go to like... I go to like the married couple with like three kids. It's like it's a very there's something at that very, point get a vasectomy. We're I mean we know out that, but I just mean like there's something like so like clinical. This is their first time having sex. Like I know there is. That's I a question guess, for the listeners, really. Yeah, would you be offended if after seven years you're finally making love with the person that you have been pining after? Mm. Would it ruin the mood if you said, hey, do you mind pulling out? Because I'm just, like, not sure where we are right now. And I'd love to not make a mistake we can't reverse. (laughs) Yeah. Or you whisper it. (laughs) Get that thing out of me. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry. I just think, you know, I'm all all open and clear. Honestly, it hadn't even crossed my mind before you said it. I may be completely wrong. Maybe people listen to this like, yeah, of course they did. I think I'm probably wrong. I but. think she was. I think they're probably both too swept up in sort of like the moment and finally sure. being able to do this. But um, yeah, I'm sure so Ali probably thinks it's rude to ask him to pull out. I also like the improbability of like the the girlfriend who's just like so happy for them and like it was oh kind my of like it was like kind of touching and sweet because it was like oh like she sees like a light in his eyes that like she knows he doesn't have with her mm-hmm. and like it gives her hope for the future you know and that is kind of moving you know and it's something selfless about it as well like I, I the idea that there's somebody out there that makes you as happy as like you know my my late husband made me is mm-hmm. like warms my heart and gives her she said like, gives her hope I mean yeah. maybe she is just that selfless um but yeah, it's just yeah, like, wow. I had it. It goes along with that theme with everything tying up a little too nicely. That like that's not how mm-hmm. real people in the real world act. Like there's got to be more messiness around this situation. And the more I think about it, is like it is really nice. Like you would love the idea of this this um, you know this woman who he's been having you know sort of a a booty call relationship with, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, um, <clears throat> to really 
really like celebrate them. But he's like kind of mean to her in the beginning. He's like, I can't give you what you want. Like he's not very kind. And then she's able to display this really like (laughs) a selfless, um, you know, perspective. And I think it really goes along with what has been a larger theme in the movie, which is everything tying up too cleanly. And I think the reason that they did this is because like they like the the people who write the script the producers whatever really are trying to make Noah and Allie incredibly likable like they need the audience to always be on board with them I think which is why they make the other people in their life more understandable so that like you as a viewer don't judge them and you're pulling for them that's my it's guess also, it's also interesting because this movie is two hours long Mm-hmm. Which is kind of long for like a love story, a romantic yeah, movie. Yeah, definitely. And it's interesting that we feel like we get so little of the supporting characters in a yeah. two-hour-long movie. I guess it, because I thought to myself at one point, man, we haven't really like. I mean, it really is. It's probably like sixty forty. Like a lot of time is also spent on the older versions of these characters, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, because it isn't, but it isn't like a movie that's like. 90 I didn't feel like 90% of this movie was Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling there were a lot Mm of there's a lot of supporting characters which probably I'm sure there's so much stuff that ended up on the cutting room floor Mm -hmm. Um, and they had to really just sort of like make those tough decisions when they had a movie that was a little bit over an hour long and they were two hours long and they were like all right, we gotta cut this okay we gotta cut this I will say it's obviously adapted from a book and so there's a book always has so much more happening in it than you can fit into it and you have to sort of pick the things to focus on and they were like let's get Kevin Connolly out of here (laughs) he's gotta get to the honor I said I saw him one time when I was in LA Um, you made a pass at him didn't you and he denied you I don't remember the story exactly, but... No. It oh, okay. was... I was at Nobu in L.A. getting some sh- sushi with some friends. It was my first time ever going to L.A. as an adult. <clears throat> and um, I went out to dinner um, with my friend Allie and Nicole. And I think he was, like, at a table, like, a few tables away from us and you're like, oh my god, that's Kevin Connolly of Entourage fame at the time. He was on Entourage. And honey, he is like five foot five. He is so short. I was really surprised how short he is. And I think that's like out of all the celebrities that I've seen, like amongst my, I haven't seen a ton, but like one of the things that like people always say when they see these celebrities is like, oh my god, that person is so short. I I haven't really experienced that that much, but I was like blown away by how small he was. Yeah, I, we do want to we do want to say nothing wrong with being a short dude. We love oh my you god! Um, but, uh, I'm not saying there's anything. No, wrong I with know. You. I just thought it was worth mentioning. We probably have some five five snacks out there listening to the podcast, and we want you to oh know that. Oh my god! I am a big advocate of sexy at any height. Any height can be sexy, and Kevin Connolly is one of those guys. I think that it sounds more and more like he did turn you down and like you're just trying to like come for him like you do because what happened? Did you go up to his table? Were you like, well, you want to get some of this J in your E? What? What would... What, well, you're Jane what? and E is the name of his character from Honorage, So I understand, but wouldn't it be E and some J? Maybe, however you want Unless to Unless I'm pegging him, I don't know. 
Well, I mean, that saved you some of the pulling out, huh? That you're so concerned about. Um, <laughs> I don't also, have the same material he's working with. Here we go. Um, Why? Also, what is this show? Cut all. <laughs> I also think. I also, <laughs> I also felt like. So I feel like the sex scene was too long. I was like, okay. this would be over. I've almost never felt like that about anything. I always want to see a nice long sex scene. So I didn't think it was too long. But I did, because I'm a pervert. But I did, I'm kidding. I'm not a pervert. I just celebrate love and all of its all of its different ways of showing itself. Um, <clears throat> I did have a thought this time watching the movie for the first time in 17 years since it came out. She's so mad at Noah for not having written her. Why couldn't her ass grab a pen and write a letter and figure out what was going on? Well, also, letters could get, get lost in the mail all the time. Exactly. Like, Or he could have had a digit off or anything. So it's like, I mean, I guess in her mind, right before she left, she went up to Finn, who nobody ever asked about. Also, after he passes away, Dave pointed out. Um, he was like, he dies unceremoniously. And when... Um, you don't remember. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you did. But I mean, but Dave just mentioned he was like, when Ali shows up, there's never a moment where she's like, where's Finn at? I, wanna see I literally him. just said that like 20 minutes ago. Oh, did you say it about her specifically? <laughs> yeah. I said when Ali, when they're reunited for the first time, she's never like, so what's going on with Finn? Oh, I'm so I, sorry. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Um, I got caught up in, you know, the the, the, the On P-O. erasing me and my interesting um, comments. But no, you're, no, okay. So yeah, you did, you did bring it up. Yeah, I just thought that that was really funny. <laughs> also, we never get a moment where she's like, I'd love to see your dad. I'd love to have some more pancakes for dinner. And then he's just like, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't happening. Not in this life. He did. Unfortunately, he's knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. <laughs> well, he needs to be. Hopefully, he's not still knocking. Hopefully, he's made his way in or they've worked out <laughs> some sort of arrangement at this point. I truly don't know how the process works. <laughs> and I don't think I'll ever find out. <laughs> um. Also, <laughs> also, I love when she meets, we talked about him earlier, when she meets Lon, played by James Marsden, and it's like, it's just funny. I don't know. It's just funny. They have like this cast and like, they've got these bandages this wrapped around body his head. Cast. And he's like, God, and ha- yeah, it's just, they're trying really hard to like, I don't know, make him look bruised. But the next time she sees him, he's all cleaned up and it's like, oh, that heel time is like miraculous like i mean we don't know how much <laughs> like, time's gone by but he is just like there's not he's a unscathed also um, what the hell is lon short for loner i think i i went with lonnie i know lonnie is a name that like is a popular but, southern name for men but isn't lonnie short for something i thought lonnie no i never th- see i thought lonnie was just the name I think I have a relative named Nani, a male relative. Huh. Alonzo. Lon is primarily is not... a male name of Spanish origin. That or Lawrence, no... apparently. It can, yeah. Oh. So it can be Lawrence, too, and his name would probably be Lawrence then. Oh, okay. Interesting. And if, yeah, so. <clears throat> yeah, I didn't know that, though. Um... Lon is a variant form of Alonzo. It's, or Alphonse. Yeah, so it could be Alphonse, it could be Lawrence, so there's a lot of possibilities there. Um, I did like that 
the um, Obaba Batunde, who plays the Cap Calloway character at the New York nightclub, where like, yeah, the proposal happens, and he just like runs up on that stage and interrupts <laughs> their entire set. To I, w- I thought the same thing. I was like, that's so rude. <laughs> These black people just have to smile. I know, just have to take it. So fucking rude. And then be like, oh no, we love this. We'll just start the song over. Um, you good? You got your proposal out though. You got your declaration made to the crowd. Um, her mom is so excited about this proposal. Oh my god, she couldn't. She's gooped. She's gagged. She couldn't be any happier about this setup. Well, because it's not Noah, you know. Absolutely. Though she doesn't say that, but I mean that'd be weird if she did. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then her taking this. I like the trip to to clear her mind that she's like, I'm gonna just. It's like- um, we all know what you're about to do. Yeah, she's like, I'm gonna go see if I can find some strange um, in Seabrook, and uh, your girl will be back changed uh, for the better or for the worse. I don't know. Um, or apparently, your girl may not be back at all. Yeah, you, and she doesn't come back. So, frankly, also, I felt like from the very beginning of this movie, I knew that James Garner was. I knew in my mind the only reason why is because like you said earlier you get caught up in the details and I do a little bit too sometimes mm-hmm. and James Garner young James Garner looks nothing at all like Ryan Reynolds and I know that's not what it's about his name but, is Ryan Gosling thank you so much uh, but <laughs> I was like huh okay that was the only part reason why there's a slight part like hint of doubt in me was like he looks nothing like him like this mm-hmm. is you know but you know, I mean, it doesn't matter. I, Who would he have been? That's the thing. It's like, I, it's pretty clear. Like, I think, you know, it's like, who, who, who would you have? Who else would this character be? Um, Even you could have gone like a, you could have gotten like a, I mean, uh, don't love the politics, but you could have gotten like a, a John Voight. You could have gotten like a Robert Duvall. You could have gotten oh, a Jimmy I just Conn. meant, I, what I meant was who would Duke be other than old Noah? You know what I mean? When you're watching the movie. Not oh. James Garner. Oh, no, for sure. And that was the that was the thing, but, like, in my mind. And then there's the moment when, like, Gina Rowland's character is, um, she's sitting outside with um, Noah. The, this is um, Gina Rowland's and James Garner. They're sitting outside, and then the family shows up. And, like, the way that the nurse comes up, and she's like, um, Noah, your children are here. And I'm like, oh, so we got this all planned out. Also, Dave brought up an interesting point, but he wasn't sure if it was because of if this was in the book, but that the that this nursing home is actually their home and it was converted into a nursing home. I oh, that was brought up in the book. Oh, I don't know. Dave mentioned it, uh, and I was like, is this their house? We it, couldn't really. That's the thing that's confusing because like it kind of looks like the house, but like it's got wings it's though clearly not you know unless it was like built out or something kids, they're sitting there and the kids are like daddy you've got to come home it's so crazy that you're living with mom here and I thought like is it though that's because, a, yeah like, that's a good point hmm. I don't think like I remember like when my grandparents hmm. went to like a assisted living slash nursing home like it was my grandfather really needs to go but like my grandmother went with him hmm. obviously because they are a married couple and they wanted to stay together you know what I mean like mm-hmm. it didn't seem like out of and also like he had health problems too he'd like had several heart attacks or something so it was like why are you being weird about this like well, I mean, also, it was, like, it was interesting because it was, like, 
he seemed it was like they were going along with this sort of I just thought this is a lot for these workers as well because it's like <laughs> they're like helping with this situation I guess like they're helping sort of like keep this sort of um I don't know this this narrative yeah I, I it's interesting I I don't know that much about dementia um also they call it senile dementia which i was like is that an appropriate term anymore i don't know but it sounds like very very rude to me it's like not only can she not remember shit she's fucking nuts too (laughs) okay david shared something with us in the film adaptation of the notebook the plantation house that noah renovated has turned into a nursing home wherein he and Allie were staying in their old age however in the book the nursing home and the couple's house were two different places in the novel noah and Allie were staying at the Creekside Extended Care Facility. Allie decided that it was the best choice for them, partly because it was near their home. Yeah, so it was unclear, but I also was like, this place is huge. Yeah. Like, it's a huge facility, and at one point she says, I'm going downstairs, which makes it seem like she's going to, like, another wing. And I'm like, what's going on? And also, but that also, yard like, was massive, which I guess yeah. is possible, but, like... Yeah, it's a literal plantation, which, by the way, nobody touches on the... <laughs> of course <laughs> not. Is, of course not. I know, it's just hard now to watch things like this and be like, and see these, like happy (laughs) like it's it's not hard but it's something that i always think about now that i wasn't necessarily like thinking about in 2004 when this movie came out you know well yeah i mean like the scene of him like there's like a scene where he's like dancing with like some little black child yeah what's what's this kid this kid have to do this like i know he like can i leave now mister like i know (laughs) just like because it's yeah because it's fucking america and it's like yeah it's like and it's romanticizing the 19 40s American South, where we know that like, like the hardships were like, like can't even scratch the surface. Of Saw ain't got nothing on Annabelle, <laughs> baby. Oh my god! Especially like when we're getting to like, you know, trying to romanticize like plantations, and it's like, ugh. there's no way. I mean, it's like it's such a beautiful black drop. What just a black drop? No, continue. <laughs> It's such a beautiful backdrop for a movie, and it's on a plantation, and then you just think, like, oh, my God, so much, like, horror and blood was shit here, and, like, families ripped apart and horrible, horrible things. And I thought about, like, the, one of the things that really made my skin crawl was, like, she, she's telling Noah about her new fiancé, and it's Hammond Cotton. And oh, he's yeah, like, right. and he's mm-hmm. like, that Hammond Cotton? She's like, mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, I wonder how they got so fucking wealthy. Like, yeah. you know. No. It's just like, ugh. It, it's, it's, you can't have that conversation without, you know. Well, you can't talk about, like, your family being in cotton without it being triggering. Like, so yeah. it's just like, well, why is that the profession? Why, why is that what y'all gave him? Not oil? I know. Um, but, yeah, no, it was a choice. Um, mm-hmm. But then again, there's no, like, black people in this movie, so it's not like they really had to deal with, like, you know. Facing right. Any the only black people show up are actually mm. when like Noah and Allie are like dancing at Noah's house or something, and there's like and the maid also obviously. Oh, and the maid, um, Willow, and also the she, like, people. Snaps the, at. 
Yeah, so rude. And she, yeah, the, I think the maid like offers to like pack her things. She's like, don't yes. pack my things. And it's so fucking yeah, don't, rude. Don't pack my things. It's stay in your place so you know where you'll end up. <laughs> and then they, there are, the the head nurse is black in when we go into modern day. Yeah, times. no, yes. But literally I mean, the only roles that black women play in like majority of like white cinema. Exactly. It's just like the, the, the maid or the nurse who knows too much. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But, you know, we we, we, we trudge along. Um, yeah, I thought that it was interesting, though, when they I, I thought also when I knew that they were her kids, when I knew that they were their kids was also when the little kid ran up to her and gave her a hug. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's her grandson. Um, yeah. Also, why is that child named Davini? Did you? I, yeah. Oh, of course we talked about that. <laughs> I was like, "What's this writer trying to? What? What's your agenda? This is this is some stupid name you gave your kid in real life that you're trying to legitimize by putting in a movie. Stop trying to make fetch happen. It's like Renezme. Enough is enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stop it. And the other kid's name was something else. Like that was not that. I well, one the other kid was Noah, right? The other kid was like little Noah or something. Maybe. I don't remember. And it's like, oh, so he got Noah, and that kid got Davini? Cool. (laughs) See, we're not doling out the abuse in equal measure. Um, Oh, my God. Also, I thought it was interesting. When they go out on the water, when he takes her out on the water, when she comes back to visit, um, and it's like a... Dave noted, he was like, maybe this is a place he discovered after the fact. But I was just like, wow, that's crazy that... It was new to her. She'd never been there before. All and I just us. thought that was, yeah, yeah, I thought that was really interesting that it was like a new place that in all their time together. But it is possible that she'd, you know. Yeah, I mean, they were only two. She, it was a summer house for her, so you don't know what she's seen. For sure. And, like, she also maybe just, like, the ducks were new. All the ducks. Tara could not get over the fact that, like, she's like, those ducks wouldn't be that quiet. There's no fucking way those ducks... She'd be like, it's so fucking loud. But I did read that, like, there was some concerns that if they brought ducks in that they would, like, freak Hmm. out. Um, And so... At seeing such two, like, A-listers? Exactly. Celebrities, like, oh my god. You know, whatever. Quack, quack, dark wing. Quack, 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 quack. But can I have her autograph? This Scrooge. A... McDuck. <laughs> this is so bad. But so I guess like what Nick Cassavetes did was he bought like a bunch of like hatchlings and like hatched them there so that they grew up there so that they didn't like freak out about being filmed. Like, oh, that is, wow. Like, commitment. And I want to know, A, do we think those ducks are still alive? What's the life cycle of a duck? Because we always have to talk about movie animals and how long did they live after. I don't know. How long would a duck live? That's a good question, Jane. Let me Google. How long does a duck live? Five to ten years for a mallard. So they're dead. They're all dead. But they they were all white ducks. Is that different? Wait, Dave, Dave says, says geese. Geese. Those didn't look like geese. They look like ducks. He's okay. So Dave is saying they're geese. I mean, how long does a goose live? Oh, oh I guess hmm. they looked too small to be a goose. But um, maybe they were babies. Maybe they, or maybe they weren't fully formed. 
A swan goose can live to f- up to 20 years. Either way, I'd say most of those duck geese are dead. Well, it says swans and geese is what it says. Swans and geese, what, live up to 20 years? It says, well, actually, it says row through, like, completely filled with swans. Swans. Interesting. Okay. So those were swans. They looked so little, though. Maybe because they were hatchlings, they were young. I'm sure they were. I mean, probably, I mean, how much time would you have had to, probably like a couple months. I can't imagine, like, the studio being like, we, we gotta really... Well, they've been working on this forward. movie, though. Like, they started, like, working on this movie in, like, 2001. Wow. A swan goose. What is a swan? This is going to... I hope you cut this. This is going to be so boring to people. This is um, too much time. <laughs> also, I want to say, when they're on the when they're on the, the boat and... Um, canoe? The canoe? I think you can call it a rowboat. Okay, when they're in the rowboat. And, like, it starts raining and, like, they're talking and there's, like... There's, like... It's so cold that, like fog is coming off of their mouths and Mm. I just thought and they start giggling and I was like couldn't be me (laughs) you would not be like finding the joy in the moment no I'd be be screaming (laughs) let's go (laughs) row row (laughs) and he just uh, yeah and he'd be like I get why I let you get away I do love how when they get to the dock, Allie just runs off the boat and leaves Noah to pull the boat up by himself. I was like, girl, you couldn't lend a hand. <laughs> did you notice that? Oh, my God. No, I, I didn't. Um, I did notice that, I mean, we get, you know, the most epic scene, you know, from the film. I feel like it's the iconic scene from this movie. The only one that I was... It's also the cover of the of the movie, but... Right. You know, but she comes in real hot all of a sudden, and Noah's ready for it. Mm-hmm. She's she like, comes, why didn't you write me? 365. 365. I wrote your ass. Every fucking day. For a year. It was it like... It wasn't over? But it was like... But it's like she doesn't even get the words out, and he's ready, because he's had it locked and loaded this whole time. <laughs> so and she's like, well, why I didn't just... you? 365,000? <laughs> 365,000? <laughs> he's ready for her. Is that a word like, count? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> But I just was like... Well, I also, like, it brings up the point again. Why the fuck didn't she write him? She knows no, where yeah, she like, lives. Yeah, you don't have pins? Also, like, oh, she, they never came back to Seabrook again? Like, they have a mansion there. Unless they were just renting for that summer. But it seems like they own that house, right? Yeah, it makes... and Yeah, it doesn't make any, like, actual sense. Um, I think that... Oh, that's a good point, Jane. Unless her parents just, like, sold the house or something after just to be, like... Yeah, that would be an extreme move. Or her parents probably just, like, she probably... I mean, they probably went back when she was in college, you know? That's true, I guess. Was what, what was that? Was a thing that her parents lived in New York? Was that, like, where her family lived? No, they lived in Charleston, South Carolina. But she actually... Okay, actually, I'm convincing myself of why she wouldn't have gone back. Because she was in New York for Sarah Lawrence. So she went directly after that summer to Sarah Lawrence and spent four years in New York. And I think she met Lon in New York at Sarah Lawrence. So they were both in New York. So she was in college, probably only came home for the holidays or whatever, and was with Lon most of the time otherwise. 
Yeah, and her parents were probably, you know, they'd probably slip off for maybe a week or a couple weeks or something when she wasn't around. Mm-hmm. Gotta keep old, old flames at bay. Um, so I do want to note that also, as Dave pointed out, like the man in question kind of looks over and Dave's like, God, she's just been torturing this man for years. Just like driving up while he's working and like letting him get a glimpse of her visage and then like like driving away. I know that was a really funny concept. She's not far enough away to be like obscured by anything. It's like clearly at a certain point he looks up and notices her. And she's like, let's go. And it's like, is this what you do? Do you just show up here every couple of months and like haunt him? Because you're just like, yeah, like what are you doing? I. I wonder in this story, what do you think she's telling Allie? Do you think she's telling her to go with Lon or to go with um, Noah? I think Dave and I talked about this and Dave actually helped me see it a certain way. I think that what she's doing is I think that she's basically saying you're an adult now. You have to make your choice. I made mine. I'm ultimately happy with the choice that I made, but I see the other side of it. And that's something I have to live with. And if I ended up with him, then, you know, what would I have missed out on, you know, respectively in the other way? So I think that more than anything, she's saying life gives you these choices sometimes and you reach these, you know, these forks in the road and, you know, you have to choose which which path is yours. And. You know, I think that's more or less what it is. I don't think she's telling her one way or the other, but understand the weight and understand the ramifications of the choice you're making and be aware of what you're giving up to have this because you cannot have both. Mm-hmm. And I think, although also I think in this movie, I'm like, whatever, I'm like, you're, you're, you're like, you guys have enough money to, to shoulder right. any sort of like, you know, she's the only child, it appears. So it's like, she's going to inherit whatever you've got. You've got plenty. She'll be fine. Like, she doesn't 100%. need to marry an independently wealthy man because she's... She's moneyed. Like, you guys have right. real money. So it's like, well, I think we're good in that department. And I don't know why she didn't just say that. Like, exactly. you have enough like, money also, for all of us, mama. Straight up, like, Noah isn't that fucking poor. Like, he's got this gorgeous house that he rebuilt. He has a beautiful home. He's got skills. He's doing woodworking. Investment. Yeah. <laughs> I also like, read that Ryan, Ryan Gosling made the table, like, the kitchen table in the home. Yeah, he, like, took this role very seriously and, like, went and moved down south for, like, a couple of months and started, like, making furniture and shit. And McAdams, apparently, she showed up early, too, and she took ballet classes and etiquette classes as well. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, these two were both committed. I'm sure she got wind from her agent of the fact that Gosling was on location and she was like, well, I will be, too. Yeah, over my dead body, is he going to appear more prepared? Than <laughs> He's me? not going to be the only one on location because I'm also a serious actor. I know he brings his Brando method bullshit into this, but let's not forget who Regina fucking George is. I played the <laughs> most iconic like, Mean Girl of all time. Didn't this come out the same year as Mean Girls? This was that like makes sense because I always remember because we used to chant. The reason I remember the years, otherwise I would not. Is because we used to at pep rallies. We used our we, of the different graduating class. That each class used to chant the year that they were graduating, and our chant was oh four, oh four. And that's literally the only reason I always remember that I graduated that year is because of that dumb chant. Um, oh and so, so I do remember Mean Girls. Is oh four? I just checked it. Yeah, yeah so Mean Girls was year. the same year. So what she was really giving these year kids for McAdams. right. She was giving these kids range. She was letting them know. She played like one of the most satisfying, you know, high school teen movie villains ever. 
you know, as Regina George, she made once again another another incident of her just taking a part that would have been like cute mm-hmm. and like making it like a classic iconic role, like because she was such a good actress, clearly. And like, absolutely. You know, we haven't had another we haven't had another blonde actress really, you know, come through and knock down these doors like her until well, Margot Robbie. Well, I mean, if you, th- if you think about it, Rachel has had many different hair colors, so. I know, but I always think of her as like, you know, I give her the same respect I give you. What does that mean? I mean, I, I call you a blonde. <laughs> Fingers crossed by my back, but I say it. So I just decided to give her the same thing because, you know, she plays a lot of blonde characters. <laughs> I guess I can't argue with that. You're such a you're such you're having such a blonde moment, Jane. Is it tr- Jane? Is it true? Do blondes really have more fun? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, and then we like the whole last sequence of this movie, which is basically this is where it just turns into like the director just being like, "Cry." Yeah, cry. I know. Are you not it's crying so, yet? <laughs> it's so like it's every. I was just saying to Dave before. It is every heartstring is pulled within this movie. It's like um, an epic love story, old people dying, like a love Allegedly. that survives through the ages. You know, all it's also this. like Garner and Rollins, like Hollywood royalty. Like these two oh understood the assignment, and I'm sure Gina, when it came to her, was like, "What do you want me doing?" Yeah. You know I'm an Academy Award nominated actress, right? I'm not playing second <laughs> fiddle to these kids. And he was like, no, you're going to get yours at the end, Mom. You better split like, the time evenly. She was like, let me see some of those scenes, and I'll decide. <laughs> One of the things that I laughed at really hard, which may or may not be appropriate, is at the end of the movie, Gina Rollins realizes that she's the Allie character, and she starts to like connect with James Garner, and they have this moment. And then all of a sudden, she forgets again and doesn't know who James Garner is. And <laughs> this is probably the I don't this is probably the correct term, but one of the nurses is like, she's sundowning. <laughs> And I don't know why, but like that is that is that is the proper term. But you know, you got your chuckle. (laughs) Watching this, obviously, watching this for the first time, I was like, never noticed it. But now, like, it's such a dramatic scene, and also, you don't really need to say it because we all see what's happening. We're trained workers. I think it was the I think it was the fact that they said it. They wanted us to know what this phenomenon was called. It was a little too in our faces. And so it made me, like, start laughing and, like, break from, like, the tragedy. In it, it didn't pull me out of it. I was still in the moment. but Of course. And I'll, I'll admit it didn't pull me out of it the first hundred viewings. Ugh, whatever. <laughs> I really thought that this was a really beautiful moment, actually. It was. It, I, it was heartbreaking. Um, it was incredibly heartbreaking. Between your between your guffaws, you found time to <laughs> take it in? <laughs> Okay, you are you are the one who like as far as you were concerned was fully emotionless when Rue died in Hunger Games. So don't come for me. Oh God, don't compare those scenes with don't compare that with this. I'm saying both tragic scenes. Jennifer Lawrence puttering around in the forest. Oh my God! Wow. So you heard it it here from him. 
Oh, the, oh you heard it here. Brandon thinks Gina Rollins is a better actress than Jennifer Lawrence, and you can put it on my tombstone. I'm not comparing their acting skills. I'm go. comparing the emotional. I'm just saying, sometimes things hit us, and sometimes things don't. You won't allow space for that. Shane has also said that she thinks Jennifer Lawrence is a better actress than Meryl Streep before. I have never said that ever. I don't believe comparing women to other women, so you can put that pipe in your smoke. And Jane, that, well, what what are we gonna do? What what should I compare you to then, Jane? <laughs> um. So this scene, I agree. This scene was really heartbreaking. This was the first of many tears. Um, the moment that she's such a good actress, the moment that like Amazing. she sort of like puts and it's not camp. This isn't camp. No, and it could be. It's not. Um, it's not. Um, and she the moment she sort of like remembers herself and he like, oh, and he's so he's so there's this relief and this joy in him. It's like he spends the entire he spends hours upon hours just hoping for like. Uh, like a wrinkle in time like I mean mm-hmm. he spends what seems like an, ent- an entire day hoping for like a and second like, of her looking at him the way that she used to look at him and, and truly see him and it's like uh, it's just so heartbreaking and she is aware enough and cognizant of the enough to say how long do we have it's almost I like know. there's somebody coming to like to get her. You know what I mean? Like, how long do we have? And he says, last time it was five minutes. So it's like, you know it's not long, but he just... But it also was that moment right it's after like when... It's like he, all... live, he lives... He survives on those moments. So and yeah, he no, he gives him sustenance. Them, like, you know, a, a very few and far between. And he, yeah. like he dedicates every single day of his life to... to In hopes of getting another, like, those moments. glimmer yeah, of that... And there's the moment with, like, the, you know, the doctors and stuff for sort of, like, trying to explain to him. But it's, like, I mean, everybody. He's got so many people in his life that are sort of, like, hey, maybe we should, like, you know. And every time it's just, like, he he's, he's like, no. This yeah. is it. The doctors actually kind of piss me off because they're, like, you know there's no turning back from this. And it's, like, I'm sure he's heard everything that you But also it's, like, he's this. a man of a certain age. It's, like, what what else do you want from me? Right. You know, at this point, he's already in his 70s. It's like, like, do you, like, uh, this is the only life I know. She's I'm my home. I'm powering through, yeah. And like, so... Whether you yeah. think it's possible or not doesn't really matter. But I did have a moment where I thought, I pulled out of it a little bit, and I was like, is this irresponsible? Like, <laughs> just from, like, just from, like, a, like, healthcare standpoint, like... Like the like what came out of her like the like like the fear and like that moment oh, where it's like they have to, to like pin her stuck. to the chair and like sedate her it's like oh it's just like oh my god like what an emotional like toll you know but also people I know that are dealing with dementia and things and things like that they the episodes from time to time happen regardless right um, and I don't so think you can always predict how she's gonna you react can't. in those moments and I think that it's sort of obviously movies and play it's an, it's an extraordinary moment typically mm-hmm. extraordinary set of circumstances it may not always happen this way but this moment this day at this time this is how it all unfolded and it was remarkable in its own way and that's why it's worthy of note so it's like this may not always be the way that it goes down 
Um, but then that moment, and then I also right at the end of that scene, which I'm actually happy they didn't, but like, I thought that like they sedated her and then the camera did a slow black and I thought that was the end of the movie. And I was like, whew, and I got that oh. now. Um, and then they gave us a bit more. We see that he's dying. He, uh, not di- yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess so. He's, he's had several strokes. Um, who isn't dying? You know, I think we're all dying in some ways. Right. I know you're, you're dying to be young. I know. <laughs> You're dying to be relevant. Oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> it hurts. Uh, but, um, yeah, so they, they give us that one moment, though. I, it was it was sweet. The moment where he sort of slips into her room and she wakes up. Yeah. And it's also like the unpredictability of all of it, the question mark. Mm-hmm. And she, But she looks at him and he knows that she sees him. And she's there with him. And she's, like, aware of, like, her plight. And so it's even more heartbreaking because it's like she knows yeah she knows that she's you know and she she's aware of it but it's still it's like these stolen moments is like you know that's what they have and so i mean they don't really they just seem to try and try and hold on to it as long as they can and like you know have those moments where they come together and when they can see when they can be with each other as themselves without any of the, you know, bullshit that they're dealing Mm. with as an elderly couple. But yeah. And then I, I really, for some reason, I don't know why, but I like remember them dying at the end of this movie, but I guess that doesn't happen. I'm happy it doesn't happen. That would have been gilding a little, little too much, a little too much. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, yeah, that was, um, the notebook. Yeah. Well, um, Brandon, I guess I always want to know these two questions. Did you enjoy watching this movie? I did. I did enjoy yeah. it. And would you watch it again? Yeah, I'd watch it again. Wow. I think that might be one of the first times that you didn't put any qualifiers around it, that you would absolutely watch it again. Yeah, it was sweet. It was a sweet film. Yeah. Good. I'm glad. Well... <clears throat> I'm glad you enjoyed it. I know Dave, being the softy that he is, enjoyed it too. Um, and there's nothing like an epic love story. So do you I'm have living s- one. <laughs> so I know, I know what it's like because I'm yeah. deeply in love with uh, my husband. We have a very special relationship. We love each other mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Much like Allie and Noah, for sure. Who I mean, if we're grown ass people, but yeah. If you had to pick, who would be the Allie and who would be the Noah? I mean, I'd be the Allie, but I wouldn't be as chaotic as she is. Um, and I'm well, not going to put my hands on my, my husband. I wouldn't have done it when I was 17. <laughs> or was 23. She was a grown-ass woman. Still <laughs> acting out. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> I um, Yeah, I would say, yeah, Dave's the, Yeah. Yeah. I think I would, would say, agree with that. I would say that too, but I I think it's also just because you look great in a red lip. Thank you. I haven't I haven't pulled out any of my um my summer dresses yet, but no, you have. Well, it's it's fingers crossed. <laughs> famously, I'm the same size as you know. I'm actually the same size as Rich McAdams in this film, which is weird. Oh my god! Do you want to hear something I read that like broke my heart? Uh, okay. Oh my uh, god. Okay. So wait, this isn't about Durst, is it? No. Because I know you're going to try and... Kobe Bryant went on a search and for Valentine's Day one year, or maybe her Vanessa Bryant's birthday or something like that, bought her the blue dress that Allie wears in the notebook for like... Aww. Yeah. 
because like, and I think I can't remember exactly what it was, but she was she asked him like, "Oh, why the blue dress?" and um, he was like, "Because it was like." when they came back to each other and, like, started their relationship again or something like that, which is, like, so sweet. Oh, that's that's so, yeah. And, oh, God, talk about heartbreaking. But, anyways. Mm. So do you have a movie for me to watch next week? I do, I do. This was a very sort of serious... A romantic drama mm-hmm. and so um, I gave you something a little different vibe wise. The movie I'm going to give you this week is 1996's A Thin Line Between Love and Hate. Ooh, I know this movie but I have not seen it obviously. Um, I... These two were the, the both of them were up in the air. Um, I... So believe we have Martin Lawrence in the mix. Is that right? Correct. Okay. That is all I can... All I think I know out of the cobwebs of my brain. Nice. Um, I'm excited. I assume it's a movie about love because it's Valentine's um, season, right? Mm, you know it. Um, but it's a, it's a different side of it. All right. Well, so, don't um, give me any more. No, no, no. No. I can't wait. I'm very excited. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening to us talk about The Notebook. Um, we hope you are able to um, wipe away those tears and move on, um, even though it is an emotionally devastating movie. Um, if you want to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, you can find us at Movies We Missed. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can find us at MWM Chat. We look forward to seeing you next week for A Thin Line Between Love and Hate. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 If only I didn't have to pull out every time so you didn't get pregnant or catch a disease.